0: The gig part. Who is this serving and what is the end goal would be kind of nice to know. I feel like we haven't had quite enough Irish bias this year, so I am quite happy to see this. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB Sports, in partnership with Carlsberg Zero Zero. The best tasting Zero Zero beer in the world? Probably. Always drink responsibly. Get the facts. Be drink aware. Visit drinkaware.ie.
1: Kelu I can't even say my name. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got me nervous. Oh god. I'm so sorry. Kelu Hambuchoso Bene from to Republic of Ireland.
0: Uh, Cheo, you're a, a history maker. You were the first African born player to play for the Republic of Ireland. I have no doubt you won't be the last. Can you take us right the way back to your very earliest memories of, of even growing up in Nigeria?
1: I do remember quite you know, a bit of Nigeria. We moved to, we moved to Ireland in 2000, 2005, December time. And uh, I remember the time my mum told me we, because my dad works, he was here, he's a nurse, and he got a nice job here. And, he wanted to bring us over, you know, give us the opportunity in education, and uh, I think it was uh, it was a strain because obviously I think I was eight at that time. There was no build-up, and I was out playing. So my older brothers, I have two older brothers, who will know the build-up. I was just out, and I come home, and my mom said we're moving. I said, "Well, we're moving, we're moving downtown." I said, "No, we're going we're going abroad." Obviously, I wouldn't have heard of Ireland. You're know, eight, year old just running around. So um, I remember waking up at 6 a.m. and we were gone, and that was the end of that. I, you know, we. We drove um, from Enugu State to, to Lagos, and it took us about 11 hours total to get there. And uh, yeah, I was on the plane for the first time. It was very strange, imagine. I, I landed at Holland and, you know, being honest with you, I think it's the second time i seen white people. So you can imagine why I ate your mouth open just looking at people, and it was quite interesting.
2: Life in Nigeria was a little bit difficult for me because by then my husband was living in state of Kuwait and I'm alone with five children, taking them to school, feeding them. When they are sick, I have to take care of them. So it wasn't easy for, for me.
3: Life in Nigeria um, was a bit hard. Yeah, it was a bit hard. Um, there was uh, loads of poverty, but there was also hope as well, and people working hard.
4: Life was free, you know, as a kid. You just live free, nothing to worry about. You only think you're invincible, but um, that's pretty much it really, until
1: we all got the um, news. Yeah, I remember coming off the plane and uh, I saw my dad at the airport, you know, my dad, um, you know, he travelled a lot and went to Kuwait to study and got a nice job there. I think he's, yeah, he's, he's well driven, he's quite driven like, uh, you know, like his kids are, like my, I am. And he was, you know, desperate to, to give us the best opportunity in life, so I remember seeing him because I didn't see him much um, as a kid. You know, he was always coming and going. And then as, as a six, five-year-old, you don't remember much. You just remember you see him and then you see your parent, you see your mom and you know, just get on with life.
2: So when he gave me the idea to relocate to, to Ireland, I was so happy. Even I was so happy for my children to enjoy
3: fatherhood. Our dad got a job as a nurse in Ireland, in Cork. And with that, uh, he could bring us over. So. Uh, he took advantage of that, and the school system here was was superb. So we took advantage of that in school as well. So we
1: we went to work. <laughs> I know. I remember getting off that plane. The the first welcome to Ireland was the the cold air. <laughs> you just had that cold shiver.
2: It was horrible for us, <laughs> but with time we adjusted to it.
1: I had to start for first class again. Um, Nigeria, funnily enough, you know most people go to college. Uh, you know. 16, which in Ireland was too young. They said, that can't happen. So I had to go back and you know restart first class, which I, I completed already. I was, I believe I was in third class when I left, and I had to go back to first class. And it was the best thing that ever happened right. to me because I could pick up on you know, my English.
4: It was a new adventure for everybody. We're all trying to figure out where we are. Even at my age, I had to start making new friends. Him also had to start making new friends. With the uh, outgoing personality he had, he didn't uh, find it too difficult.
2: He was mixing up with children in our estate so much that every child comes to look for him. Even at a time when you come to look for Edoze, I will say, go away. He lets him finish his homework before he comes up. Before you know it, Edoze will finish and sneak away
3: to go and play with them. The doors sometimes were locked to prevent him from going. It could be late, you know, because the the, the pathway to these two Corinthians, for example, was through the woods for him. So our parents was very, you
1: know, uh, anxious of him going out late. You know, I'd be outside for stupid hours, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in winter time. That's, you know, very dark and it's cold and my parents used to lock the back door because I would sneak out. And I think he got too much when I was sneaking out through the window to, to practice.
0: I think That's on, incredible. Yeah, uh, self motivation for, <laughs> for a young kid.
1: I'm a big fan of Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. I think at the time, Ronaldo was at United, and I just watch his clips every day on YouTube and go out in the backyard.
3: He had this um, urge and passion to improve himself, and when he saw something Ronaldo does and how effective it is, he would look at me and tell me Uche, I need to go to Tremor, I need to go to um, Corinthians to the pitch,
1: I just need to go and just do this. I think I was 11 years of age, I signed signed for Tremor at Lele. My brother, my older brother Cody, he signed for Tremor and he was playing and you know I go down and watch him and I I was a bit jealous you know, I want to be doing what he's doing, I want to run around, I want to feel part of a team. he had training and he'll tell me I have training so I can't be here. And I was like, I want to have a, a schedule.
4: That's where it basically began because he would see me go off training. I believe we are training like Tuesdays and Fridays because we are only on the 15s or the 14s at the time. So those it were it only play with the girls and the lads in the green. But after a while, he approached me like, oh, he wanted to join.
1: So I signed for Chamor. I followed his footsteps and I signed for Chamor. And I was with Tramor for five years. You know, some fantastic years there, you know, playing and, you know as a kid, playing, winning some trophies, winning some divisional titles. And I think that's where it began. I started falling in love with the
5: game. From a young age, he'd call over to my house in the morning for when we um, played matches. He'd have to be over at my house like at 8.30 because we'd have to come down and put up the goals, put up the nets, corner flags, and he'd be running around with my son and one or two other people who'd come down to help.
4: When he started, like, I would say now that, I played football, but I have two left feet. I, like, I was just going kind to of play for fun, but with Edoze there was something different about him. He had the energy, the drive and just the motivation from a young kid and he just wanted to do better. And as he was running around like a lunatic in the, in the grass, that just gave him more motivation to keep
5: going. I could see from talking to him, he was hungry. I always knew that was a kind of, um, anything you ever heard or read about the best players, what was their trait, they're hungry. And you always knew he was hungry. He wanted to improve. If I said something to him, you knew he, he was tuned in and he could take it on board. You know, Some kids could be talking to the wall, you know, like in a nice way, if you know what I mean? Like they're just not gonna, they just want to play. But you know, if you told him, look, They're pushing up. We'll go over the top. Don't go offside. He never went offside. He was cute that way.
2: He was playing both Gaelic and soccer at the same time. So most of the time he was occupied, either going for training for Gaelic or going for training for soccer.
0: Great Gaelic footballer as well with Nemo Rangers. Uh, what are your, your memories of your time with Nemo and, and how close, how much of a sliding doors moment was there in your life where you could have actually been lining out for Cork uh, in Gaelic football rather than for Cork City?
1: No, Gaelic was something I loved so much. And I think it was dif- it was difficult to leave Gaelic football because I, I loved it so much. But I just, I got to, I think it was 19. I just knew I couldn't sustain, it was not sustainable to play both sports and um, Played many years, and I think Charlie McCau- Charlie McLaughlin was my PE teacher in Bon Scott, um, and uh, he brought me to Nemo for my first training session. And uh, Peter Noonan, funny enough, session Noonan's dad was my manager, and he was my neighbour. So I remember he used to always bring me to training, and he used to get really upset. He used to say to, well, obviously he tells me now, but he never told me when I was young. I used to say I used to get really upset uh, because I, you know, I would alternate both sports because I was trying to, I was a people pleaser. I was trying to keep everyone happy. You know, sometimes I go, or sometimes I don't. And I remember he used to, you know, always beg me, trying to trick me with, uh, like, a chocolate bar, that if I, if I come he's with you. he's bribing me, if I come, he'll give me a chocolate bar. And, you know, we make fun and jokes about it, but, um, you know, Gaelic football was, you know, I played all the years, and I think um, it was, I got to, I think, 18, 19, and I had to decide. During the time that he had to choose between Gaelic
3: or
5: soccer, that was very difficult for him. And I, I saw that. Unfortunately, he had decisions to make, but you loves have decisions to make when you're, when you're good and everybody wants
4: you, you know? It was a tough time. He cried. He cried on it. And I just told him, you know what? It's your decision only to make. Nobody else's. Nobody got you here other than yourself. You decide what path you want to take.
2: The people that came to me or was advising me is for, for him to play Gaelic but he preferred soccer. So I was telling them that I'm not the one playing the, the, the football in the field. He is the one. So he, the one he prefers, I will support him.
3: He also knew that he wanted to pursue a career that could also provide for his family one day, and he had that in mind. So soccer gave him that, um, that window. Um, he knew he was
5: good in both, But that was the determining factor for him. He loved the soccer, I think. I think just the soccer won out for him. And you have to take into account he didn't have an easy ride. It wasn't like he was a superstar and he went to England. Like he didn't go to the Manchester City Academy or anything, you know. He he had to go play for Cork City, um, fight to get on the team. So whenever he retires from
4: football, he can always go back playing. Uh, it's the junior A's or junior B's in the Nemo. So that's
0: about, that's about that, really. Your heritage is a is a very personal thing, and nationality can be both a personal thing, but also uh, something that's that can split and divide people. Was it a straightforward decision for you to to play for Ireland?
1: I'm gonna be honest with you. It was not. It was not a straightforward because. Um, I know, you know, as I said, you know, I wanted to make my father proud and I know how you know, um, a really you know, proud Nigerian he is and you know, he's, all his life was in Nigeria, so he, he's, you know, he saw everything in Nigeria, so I wanted to make them proud. And, um, you know, I think Stephen you know, Gaffer, Stephen, Mr. Stephen Kenny was back and forth with me um, and I said, I'm going to be honest with you, it's not an easy decision to make, I, you know, I need to think about it, I need to sit with my family. Um, you know, my parents were both supportive. They wanted the best for me, um, so it was my decision. I know they were they were they were very happy that Ireland came in. They were pushing me to go, but you know, secretly as a son, you you want to you know make your parents proud. And I felt at that time maybe you know choosing weighing or choosing from Nigeria wouldn't make them proud. But I think they were proud either way. I think they were over the moon. And now they look back on it, they're, they're the happiest parents that I chose Ireland because they can come and watch the games and they always be there. So
3: she would to to a great extent call Ireland his home because the core memories he's established as a teenager were here so to represent Ireland was to represent all those people that gave him support
2: it was not difficult but it is because the father wanted him to play for our country but i say i told him that you grew up here you don't know anybody in our country. So it's better you play with people you grew up with. So, and the, the siblings encouraged him to play with them. So we won the father. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How do you reflect on your debut, that game against Hungary, which is, you know, an incredible achievement for anybody to play international football? But at the same time i don't know do you reflect that it was i don't want to say tarnished but because of the racist abuse that was in the stadium that night you know we do look back at that game with i think a lot of horror as to what happened how do you sort of year and a bit on think back as to what that night was like for you and your family
1: (sighs) oh i remember when we took the knee and um there was a lot of whistling all booing and um i think that gave me a drive in my gut and that i think when we took the knee, because we could have we easily not taken the knee to avoid those situations. I think by us taking the knee, we're showing an example to the world, what we're trying to do. And you know, we're leaving the past behind us. And I think I would hope that they learn from that. And I think I took huge, you know, I, I almost got emotional because how everyone was together and we all decided to take the knee. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I was quite nervous because you know, I was quite nervous what the reaction would be. I think
3: that had some effects on him um with the fact that you know he knew um being the first born you know African to present his country you know that was a big thing for him and he was very proud of that so that kind of clashed with his emotions with our guides and I, I would think that affected him to some level and i think that's why he spoke out about it
1: when i knew we were changing for the good is when Seamus come pulled me and he said, no matter what we're taking the knee and it's when the other you know other guys who are fighting for your cause you know, pushing you the most is when you get really emotional and you know what it means to you. And I think that was the highlight of the night when everyone stood together no matter what. And, you know, I, I was hoping I'd come on and score, really. But, um, you know, to make my debut, I don't think about that. I just think about the, the occasion. It was a special occasion for me. I think it was my first camp and, I, you, know, you know, I'm trying to impress. And I think it was the best camp I've been in and what we're trying to achieve. And fast forward a year later, that all started from that camp. And, you know, I'm just so... I'm truly blessed um, to be where I am.
0: Representing Ireland and becoming the first African-born player to represent Ireland—what does that mean to you? Does, does it mean something different? Does it? Do you feel the the weight of of the community that you're representing when you pull on the jersey?
1: I think it's, if you don't understand the amount of um, how proud I am, the honour and the pride. You know, it makes, it fills me with. Um, I remember playing, you know, I came on against Hungary and um, Kevin Pulmi said, you're the first African-born player. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know Paul McGrath and all these players, you know, have come, but he said, you're the first born African player, it's not heard of. So it was a huge pride, you know, moment for my family. I can imagine, you know, calling my mother and my father, how, how they felt.
4: I was a very proud brother, I tell you that now. Uh, I, it, was a, it was a very proud moment for the whole family. We're all
5: here cheering on. Yes, you're proud that he's played for Ireland but you're proud that he's a good young man too, you know? No, I think he's a really great role model for,
3: for kids, um, for Irish kids, and he really d- demonstrates that in his actions. Um, but yeah, you know, it's very humbling to be known as his brother. Very,
1: very humbling.
2: That destiny can be delayed, but not changed. The way he was doing it is his destiny.
1: I think it was something special for me to carry that burden, you know? To to show the way to you know the next generation, and it just shows what you know what kind of nation we are in. You know, you know we're trying to integrate, we're trying to you know, trying to move forward from you know what used to be the past, and it's just amazing what kind of players we have here, and you know the kind of culture we're trying to bring. And um, I can remember making that phone call, my mum was over the moon, she was you know tearing up on the phone, and you know my cousins all reached out from Nigeria, how proud they are. So. I think we, we're joined forces now. <laughs> We've joined forces, but it's you know, it's a special moment.
0: OTB Sports, in partnership with Carlsberg 00. Zero. The best tasting 00 beer in the world? Probably. Always drink responsibly. Get the facts. Be drink aware. Visit drinkaware.ie.